It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook app. A little bit of a different time today. William had uh, grown-up business to attend to, so we're here. But, Brad, this game against against UCLA that we talked about on Saturday, this really felt – well, it was. This was the vintage win of the Jed Fish era to this point. And I also think against a good team, it showed where Arizona can go going forward. And the pooch, by the way, what's the pooch's name? This is Millie Doggy Brown. Millie, and, uh, oh, Millie looks be, very sweet. She is. Uh, she was uh, been abandoned uh, in our neighborhood, and she came to live with my daughter. And uh, I think she wants to fix up with Ted Wardo. Okay, well, Ted Wardo's always available. The most eligible bachelor in all of Tucson, Ted Wardo Luke. But uh, Brad, just watching that game, though, it just felt like, again, I don't want to say it's a turning point, but it showed, though, when everything is clicking, what this program and the talent overhaul with Jed Fish is capable of. I'll tell you what I thought it meant more than any of that is it was the first time against a good team. Um, And apologies to South Dakota State. Uh, You're still an FCS team. That Arizona kind of sealed the deal. Right. Um, last year, we saw Arizona trade punches with Oregon for a while, with UCLA, with um, Utah. This year, we saw the USC game, but they could never finish um, unless you count the, you know, again, they had some closer games this year um, where they were able to pull out wins. But for the most part, they either played inferior competition or they blew them out and, and they didn't, you know, have that down to the wire game again against uh, South Dakota State notwithstanding. So this was not only the victory over one of these top, and, and let's be honest, UCLA looks like a top 20 team. They're not a top sure. 
you know, but it's a I top know. 25 team for sure. No, it's a legit team. Um, so they got that win and they did it in a game where they could have given the game away at any time. Um, instead it was actually UCLA who kind of gave the game away. And I know it came down to a final play. Um, and it just showed to me a, a maturing of the program. You know, you, it's a cliche, but it's not an untrue cliche. You have to learn how to win. Mm-hmm. And this team now has pulled out one of these games. Again, they've had their opportunities, but they've never been able to seal the deal. They sealed the deal. All right. Jed Fish is uh, and uh, Jaden Delora. I thought you, you put this very well on the post game show the other night when you said, listen, he said, this is going to be, there's going to be a, a couple plays where you're like, that's just Jaden being Jaden. But I think it's fair to say at this point, he's a player. I mean, sure, he's not perfect, but man, he's a player, Brad. You know, with certain quarterbacks, you can, who are good, let me stress that, you can accept mistakes because you're going to pay dividends. Um, right. You know, with Favre and some of those guys, it was throwing into tight coverages. It was that gunslinger. Um, with some of your more mobile quarterbacks, it's running around crazy. And sometimes you're going to take a 20-yard sack. Right. But sometimes you're going to throw the touchdown pass to T-Mac. Um, and if you can, you know, in my mind now, I'm willing to accept two bad sacks a game if that means three or four big plays. Right. Um, you know, just like I, I think a, a very good analogy to me is Every once in a while, Salim was going to chuck one up three seconds into the shot clock. <laughs> For sure, well put, well put. I mean, if you remember, uh, it's my favorite play. The upset at Kansas, or the win mm-hmm. at Kansas. Mm-hmm. They're milking clock late. Gardner kicks it over to Salim in the corner with 20 seconds left of the shot clock, and he drains the corner three, ball game. Right. Um, now, he also missed some of those shots. Yeah, you're going to take, you know, same thing, uh, you know, Steph Curry. You're going to take a 35-footer every once in a while. That's a bafflingly bad shot. But he's also going to make a few of them. So, again, if he takes four of those sacks a game, that's probably not worth it. But if it is one or two, instead of me yelling at the TV, I'm just going to be like, eh, this is Jaden being Jaden. And right. uh, we'll see what he can do the next possession. Now, if he does that with 10 seconds left in the game, you know, the you know we all remember the bad Anu sack in the, uh, the, uh, the bowl game up in Phoenix. Uh, we all remember... Uh, you know, Khalil Tate taking really bad sacks when all he had to do was throw the ball away. But that's not the well, case. Running this out is, of bounds uh, three yards behind the line yeah, of scrimmage. This yes. is a guy trying to keep a play alive. And, and let's be honest, he doesn't have the best offensive line. They're better. They're competent. But he has made them look even better with his legs. And again, if you can take those two or three bad sacks a game because you're going to get five or six big-time plays, it's worth it. I want to talk a little bit about the offensive line that you brought up and a little bit of the evaluation skills. But first of all, I want to tell you a little bit about OGs. All right, here's the deal. Very excited about OGs because they're hopping back in here. They've renewed. Terms of the uh, agreement were not uh, released at the time. But here's what's going on with OGs, though. All All kinds of good stuff. They just did something totally fun to change the game. They just launched their new Sleepy Edition gummy. You won't have to sleep on these anymore. Yes, you heard us right. OGs is now flavoring dreams, uh, dreams with a two-to-one two THC CBN ratio gummy. CBN is a compound that helps specifically with falling and staying asleep. And this Sleep Edition gummy is the new Aqua Berry. 
we highly recommend you check out OGs online at ogbrands.com and on Instagram at ogbrands. You can also find their products at local dispensaries as well. Must be 21 and up. Good stuff right there. Again, I got some of it uh, when I was in Phoenix. It does. It helps you get to sleep. If you've got sleeping problems, you'll want to check it out. Check the link in the description. And here's the other thing. Four Peaks, the official brew of PHNX Sports. Here's the deal. Um, you can go up to Tempe. They've got all kinds of good stuff going on there. They got watch parties. They got deals. You go up there. You're going to see a PHNX presence generally. Or if you're an Arizona fan, you get your four peaks at the Tap and Bottle watch parties for the away games. We always have it. It was at 830 this past week. But you know what? People showed up. It was a great time back in the A. Check it out. Four peaks. And check out the link in the description. Okay. William, you talked about how um, the offensive line is better. And Jordan Morgan being out for the season is obviously a big blow for Arizona because he's been your best lineman. You know, for selfish reasons, it might mean that he comes back next year, which, you know, as an Arizona fan, you'd love to see, but you don't want to see the injury, obviously. But Wendell Moe, Jonas Savanea, the interior line of this uh offensive line is pretty much set for the next two, three years right there. And these are both guys that were probably severely underrated by the recruiting services. You can tell by watching Jed Fish talk about Wendell Moe that uh, he doesn't believe that Wendell Moe is going to be coming out of that lineup anytime soon. Yeah. And if, if I'm not mistaken, Moe was a guy they picked up really late in the process. Yes. Like summer. So mm -hmm. here was a guy who, you know, had some, some things going on with the family, if, if I'm not mistaken, and the, and the Arizona was able to kind of, um, you know, find him and pick him up. You see that sometimes happen with JC guys. Usually it's a transcript issue, but here's a guy from a major program in uh, Southern California, Arizona was able to get, and, he's, and, you know, he's playing right away. Um, so that bodes, I think what that shows us is – not only an evaluation ability, but an ability by by uh, Carroll to develop young guys quickly. Right. Um, if a guy is strong enough, that's the first part with developing offensive linemen. Secondly, is teaching because so much of offensive line play at the high school level, and it's a little different in the you know some of those LA leagues and Texas leagues, but it's just manhandling a, a smaller guy in front of you. Right. Uh, you know, Jordan Morgan was. You know, if he played 22 varsity games, I'm guessing in all 22 or 21 right. of them, he was the biggest guy. Right. Um, and even if he was going against a college-sized defensive end, um, he probably wasn't going against a college athletic defensive end. Right. So for him, there was probably a much bigger adjustment. And he played early on too, but the results weren't weren't as good for, for, for Morgan. But, you know, if you're at Moran High School, they, you know, they ran a complex offense. But usually he just had to be stronger than the guy in front of him, right? And drop back in the pass pro and 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 take it over from there. Um, so the fact that they can get these guys ready quickly um, is it shows that you know the, the 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 ability to if they can land some of these physically mature young players that they can get them on the field quicker, and you might not have to rely as much. Again, they're still going to have to on the JC ranks, on the transfer portal, because, you know, they, they didn't do real well in the transfer portal. Um, you know, the, well, no, I'm going to disagree with you on that. I think on offensive had, line. 
Oh, oh, no, no, no. On offensive line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I was talking overall. No, 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 no. Offensive line. You know, they brought in a couple JC guys who, you know, Longy was not this, uh, he was last year's. Right, right. But um, that's a hard eval, too. The JC offensive lineman is a really hard eval. So if you can just say, hey, you know what, I can pluck a a three-star kid who's physically mature and I can turn him into a, a legit D one guy with five weeks of, of the season of practice, you know, that, that, that bodes well for Arizona in the future. Now, do I still think they have to probably hit the transfer portal? Yeah. Um, would I like to see, um, you know, a couple guys who were, you know, maybe the eighth offensive lineman at a, at a top 25 school, top 20 school come and be a starter here. Yes. Um, but I feel a little more confident about the future of this offensive line, because again, you now have two guys who, even if they go pro or here two more years and are likely here four more years. And, right. and Mo, Mo may even have preserved the red shirt. Right. Um, let's, let's talk okay. now. This kind of goes, this kind of dovetails, right? What you were talking about, William, let's talk about uh, now the defense. I absolutely love playing the young guys at this point. Um, and you look at it. I know that they burned a lot of red shirt years, but to me, when, you know, Jed Fish put it very well in the presser, he said, listen, he said, we were very honest with these kids. We we're bringing them in to play. And if they're ready to play, we're going to play them. Let's just start on the D line right there. You got Uli Agalele at the, um, at one of the uh, tackle positions right there who got his first sack. You're probably not, he, you're probably going to see a lot more of him. Jacob Kangaika, two guys that were definitely overlooked. And then you look at, you got Deuce Davis off the edge. They're also putting Deuce Lane at there. That's kind of looks like what they're looking to go for into the future. And I love playing the kids as long as they're physically ready. Yeah. And again, some of those guys had not played much earlier in the year, maybe not at all. So by right. playing on these final four games, you, you still preserve the red shirt. Right. Um, I'm pretty sure Ugalele did play earlier in the year, a little bit in spot minutes. Um, but no, you know, if those four guys uh, can all prove to be even just competent, that's the start of a really good rotation. Right. Um, you know, because you are going to lose what three key contributors from that defensive line with Eccles and Harris and mm-hmm. um, uh, bars, but the rest of it now bars can come back if he wants to. He could. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and he may have to, cause he does right. not have quite the year he wanted. Correct. But I'm Correct. talking long term yeah, for sure. Um, you know, you Savea not, might be in the mix as well as yeah, a nice I, I, it's not time to rule out Savea, but he, he doesn't look to me to be a high end starter, at least. Not yeah, yet. I agree with that. But really. again, we just named now six guys. So you can build around, and if you can focus more of your attention on linebacker safety, corner might be okay. Um, you may not have to at least hit the transfer portal with, with corner. Obviously, you're still going to have to bring in recruits, but you might be at the point where maybe you're bringing in one veteran linebacker, one veteran lineman, one veteran safety to go along with these young guys and you feel a lot better about where the defense can be a year from now um, than if you had to bring in, find three linemen, two right. linebackers. Uh, you know, I'm feeling pretty confident that Jacob Manu can be, a, at worst, a rotational linebacker full-time in the league, which is what he is this year. Um, but, you know, he, he was outstanding uh, against UCLA. You know, you feel pretty good about that you know, obviously Prysock looked really good so far at corner, but that you can combine him with the other two true freshmen. Uh, and you got Takario Davis and you yeah. got to uh, trade in Stukes and there's only a sophomore. And, and, That's- and Stukes is the third. Yeah. Right. The Stukes is a guy who, again, I'd feel much better if, uh, 
Stukes is your third or fourth corner than your number one corner. Right. I agree. But again, that might mean you don't have to go find more guys in the transfer portal and you can concentrate those scholarships on young players uh, who can develop and who can, you know, come in and provide depth and maybe not have to play right away. Like, you know, like price is. Let's talk about Jacob Manu right now, because he is, again, he was the Pac-12 freshman of the week. You talk about a guy that's not going to really be coming out of the lineup much. Since he's been inserted, he's essentially every week, he's been the leading tackler. You can see every game he gets a tackle or a, a, a one or two tackles for loss. He's very much got a, and again, there's not a real natural comparison for me, for him, but he's got a, in a different position, he's got a little bit of that Jared Tevis type feel to him and that he's always around the ball. He's not the biggest dude, but his instincts are next level. Yeah. I mean, if you want an Arizona comparison, uh, it's Adrian Koch, uh, yeah. linebacker from the, the early nineties, who was probably five, eight. Um, right. now he was an older guy. He was a guy who did some military time. Uh, it's in Somalia, there. if I'm not mistaken. I think so. Yeah. As a preferred yeah. walk on, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've told the story on your thing, but uh, as a shorter man myself, my two favorite Wildcats uh, for most of my college time were Coke and, and Keith Smith, and I got to have a beer with both of them at a tailgate. You made um, it. A couple of years ago, at the same time, like they're buddies. Right. Um, yeah, and they're still both taller than me. Uh, so yeah, Manu can play. Now, my question is, can Manu be a guy who can every down play on a good defense right Uh, no disrespect to him but at the same at the time he is undersized he is you know so can he be a run stopping linebacker consistently two yards three yards from the line of scrimmage as opposed to being the guy who chases down right um i'd feel really good if he was a rotational guy with two or three other elite you know linebackers um that being said, he's playing fantastic. So I don't want to d- think I'm, I'm 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 pooping on him, but there's a reason you don't see a ton of five nine linebackers because eventually, if if a, if an offensive lineman gets his hands, and again, if an offensive lineman gets his hands on most linebackers, they're they're eating up. But it's going to be a little bit harder for him. But I'd love for him to be a guy who plays sixty percent of the snaps, um, use him in pass coverage because he's mobile because he does have a nose for the football bring them off blitzes uh, and then have, you know, for the lack of it, two guys built like Jerry Roberts. I'd love to have, you know, the guy I'd love to have right now is Anthony Pandy, uh, right. Who, who they lost last year. Very athletic type linebacker. So again, Manu is fantastic, but again, I think long-term you're going to need depth at that position. Cause I just, I need to see it. And if he shows, I want him to prove me wrong. I want Jacob Manu to be my favorite player, but you know, the wear and tear, especially playing like the Utahs and USC's who can just pound you, uh, can be tough with an undersized linebacker. All right, Jake, you, you say you want Jacob Manu to be your favorite player. Jacob Franklin is one of my favorite people, even though he's up in Phoenix. Jacob Franklin is one of the coolest people out there. And put it to you like this, if Jacob Manu, let me ask you this, if Jacob Manu had Jacob Franklin's six foot eight frame, what position is Jacob Manu playing at that point? Is he even playing football or is it back in the A for Tommy Lloyd? Uh, he's playing power forward, yeah. <laughs> for, I just what, are the, what are those, uh, you know, those the common uh, Polynesian power forwards? You <laughs> yes, see they're there. everywhere. Yes. It's only All a right. matter of time, though. Two things. Tap and bottle. Um, tap and bottle downtown. 
All the away game watch parties have been a, a, a resounding success. Part of the reason is that the William Brad Alice has been down there multiple times, bringing down one of the future interior offensive linemen for the U of A, Mr. Tyler Alice as well. If you want to get started on early names in the recruiting for the what class? What is he? I, I want to say 32. 2032. That can't, that can't start- be right, though, because he's, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, he's in six years. So six years from now. So what? All right, six what, years what from now. Is? So again, you know, 20, when, 29. Yeah. when Arizona's getting ready to play Alabama, that's, you know, if you're looking for a new guy, he might be down there. But again, check it out. Lots of good stuff going down. They got Four Peaks Brew on tap as well. Would love to see all of you down there. And we're going to be pushing this into basketball as well. And game time. All right. Now, here's the deal. A lot of procrastinators out there. I don't think Jacob Franklin is a procrastinator out there. He doesn't strike me as the type. But I do know procrastinators. And you know what? If they want to go to an ASU game and say, I'd really like to see ASU lose by 30 again against Arizona this year, but you wait until the last second, that's where game time has you. Because game time can get you those tickets last second at 60% off many times. We've had people that have called in and have talked about utilizing game time, check it out. Uh, Links in the description. The best way to support PHNX is by buying your tickets there. Again, check it out, game time. All right, Brad, I was talking about Tyler Loop uh, during the, uh, uh, well, actually, at the watch party. I am am ecstatic with Tyler Loop, and here's why. Is it because you like to call him Tyler Luke and claim him as another fam? I can't tell you how many people have asked me if I'm related to him. And I say, well, our names aren't the same. But, I mean, other than that. Um, but I don't care if he can't kick a field goal beyond 40 yards. That means nothing to me at this point. Because keep in mind, you, you and I grew up watching Steve McLaughlin, Matt Payton, guys like that. We've also seen the other end of the stick where you get guys that it's a 50-50 making an extra point. Any, you know, you get a Lucas Haversek who can kick it from 60 but can't kick it from 25. Tyler Loop is gold inside of 40. And with for a coach that is um that is very uh aggressive on that side of the field on fourth down, I'm ecstatic that Tyler Loop is our kicker. I just wanted to throw that one out there. Yeah, luckily for Arizona, they haven't needed a 55-yarder to win a football game. Right. So I just cursed him. Um, mm. And again, I don't know what Luke's range is. It doesn't look to be as good as Haversek. Um, but he's a lot more reliable, though. No, no, it no. Looks like, so yeah. I don't know if he would kick a 50-yarder to win a game or if they have another kid who's the long-legged kicker. Um, I just – we haven't seen it yet, so I don't know. But yeah, Luke's been nailed, so and he's been good. Um Unfortunately for Arizona, they aren't in many Tommy ball games, so you haven't needed right. a whole lot of kicks from him this year. Um, and that's just the way college football is going. You're going to, you know, it's, I know everyone likes to blame analytics, but I think you now have a bunch of coaches who are raised on Madden as well, and they know that right. the ability to go for it on fourth down. And with high-powered offenses, uh, you're able to do that. But, yeah, I mean, you feel real good about uh, Luke's chances of knocking down anything from, from even, you know, 44, 43 in. And uh, again, with two important football games to come where every point's at a premium, that could be a very important thing we could look back on and, and say, you know, I mean, we all remember there was uh, been a few chances to beat ASU and, and field goals were, were not made that uh, Arizona needed. All right. Now let's move over to Arizona basketball. we got a presser tomorrow and then I'll have a, a podcast up after. I'm going to ask Tommy Lloyd tomorrow what he thinks about the nickname the Tommy Gun. 
and just to see, you know, what, you know, see what he thinks right there. But the reason I'm asking though, is because Arizona basically is going to flirt with a hundred points pretty much every game. You and I have talked about this before a bunch of times, and I wanted to get your take. Is this something where, and Schuster always says that generally 14 is the over under turnovers. You don't, is it fair with Tommy Lloyd's style of play, the way they're going to score to maybe move that number to about 17, 16, or is that, or is that 14 number for you? Something that's pretty much hard and fast. See, to me, 14 was always Luke's number, right? Uh, 13 or 14 and Luke played. Cause remember Miller's number is 12. Right. Uh, so I, yeah, I get uncomfortable with more than 14. Um, now against, the teams that can, I don't know, beat ASU, uh, 17 might be a fine number. But against uh, teams that Colorado has beaten, um, you know, you, if you turn it over 17 times at Tennessee, you're not going to win. Um, against Tarleton State or whoever, you know, Grambling, uh, these teams who are beating Pac-12 teams, but Arizona can survive 15, 16, 17, 18 turnovers. But against good teams, no. 14 is probably... You know, if you're if you're turning the ball over 17 times, you better be shooting like 48 percent or better, 50 percent or better. Right. Um, so yeah, I think 14 or 15 is still your number. And uh, other than that, um, you know, again, I get uncomfortable because then you just you kind of leave that door. It's just like rebounding margin. Right. You know, anytime you're, you know, you can say, well, if you shoot really high percentage, yeah, but I'd still want a plus five or better rebounding margin. I like plus ten. Um. So yeah. So again, for me. Um, now I did someone on one of the wildcat groups who said it's unacceptable. Well, you, you won by 35, so it's not unacceptable. And see, I want to talk, I want to stick up for this team a little bit here because they're getting beat up for, because in the last game against Southern, you got outscored in the second half. You got to remember one thing about this. If this game was an eight to 12 point game, the entire game, I would be totally with you. And granted, you don't want them, but these are also kids out here. When you get up 25, 28 points in the first half, and again, I'm not excusing it. I'm explaining it. That that's where kids start to, you know, their attention starts to wane a little bit because, you know, but again, if to me, it's a lot different if you get up 30 and you, it gets back to 17 as opposed to being eight to 12 the whole game. Yeah. I mean, it's, to me, it's not even a concern yet. It's just something Correct. to keep an eye on. Um, you know, it's like you throw an interception at the end of a half trying to, you know, okay, yeah, your, inter- your turnover number's up, but not really because you were just trying something, you know. So, again, let, let me see what happens when they play good teams and if they're turning the ball over 17, 18 times, then yes, it is time to really be concerned. But, yeah, I'm not real worried about uh, a lot of turnovers, especially late in, in, in a blowout against a team that, Half these kids, maybe more than half, because didn't know existed until they got the game film. Right. Okay. Now let's talk a little bit about Pella Larson. But first, I got to tell you about the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. William, have I talked to you about this before? You have. Okay. But you know what? I have a bad memory, so I can't always remember who I've told. Here's the deal. But all you right. got all these people on the column here, and I hopefully it's pointed yeah. the wrong way. But. I was going to say, we got Ben, we got Kobe, we got CJ, we got Sean, all these people right here. New customers can bet any any NBA game, put down $5 money line, and get $200 if your team wins. Again, you might say to yourself, Mike, that sounds awesome. I'm not done. Not all right. done. Yep, correct. You can also boost your winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. It's simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. What's the code word, William? PHNX. All right, you know the drill. 
That's promo code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. If you wanted to uh, bet overs, because who likes betting unders? You would bet overs on Chief games and bet overs on anything that Tommy Gunn is involved in right there. Okay, Brad, you and I were kind of on the same page as Pellelar or about Pella Larson before the season. Um, I was a little more optimistic, maybe because Tommy Lloyd has shown that when he says something about how he expects a player to be really good, that generally it turns out to be true. Again, with the competition here, but Pella Larson does look like an all-conference guy, and I don't know that I expected that. Um, yeah, I think interestingly enough, I think I was higher on him last year in the preseason than you were. Correct. Only because you were really out on Pella. I was really out. My bad Pella is a yeah. hashtag. No, 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 no. And, and again, my eval was, oh, I think he could duplicate his numbers from Utah and maybe be a right. tiny bit better. Uh, I did not see six man of the year. But I think, yeah, I think you were a little more optimistic than I was coming into the year. Because uh, I think you have more faith in, 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 in Tommy Gunn uh, at his word. Because I'm used to... But he's been right though. When he said yeah, last year, yeah. Loco, but, you know, I've been hurt. I've been hurt before. You yeah, know, I, I've, been, is... I've been told that guys are 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 dealing with a family issue when they're hurt. I've been told that Jamel Horn won't return till February when he comes back a game later. Um, <laughs> right. So I've been hurt. By, I've been told that they're going to use a combo forward. Right. I've been told they're going to use the tight end. I've been hurt right. before. Right. But maybe I, it's just time to open up. And be willing to take Tommy Lloyd at his word because right now, yeah, pe- the the Swedish pinball um, <laughs> appears to be uh, an all conference type player. Now, again, we're two games in, right? But yeah, he looks really good, and um, so yeah, so I I might just have to, you know, again, I'm like the divorcee who's got to learn to. I guess not everybody is going to ruin you. Not yeah, everyone you out know, there. Tommy might be a man of his word and. What, you know, what are you looking I, I'm, I'm still trying to get used to not offering 107 kids either. Isn't it bizarre? Yeah. Uh, now, Courtney Ramey's coming back uh, game after next. And I believe that Courtney Ramey will obviously, I believe he'll go into the starting lineup next to Kirk Reese. What are you looking for from Ramey when he does hit the court? I think it's going to go one of two ways. I either think Courtney Ramey is going to regress statistically and be a key role player for this team. Or right. he's going to bloom. And right. be like, oh, this is what would have happened if uh, I wasn't being coached by uh, Chris Beard last year. <laughs> right, right. Um, or Maybe Shaka, a little more Shaka Smart type offense. Or if uh, Shaka Smart was the VCU coach. You know, So right. you could tell me he averages 15, and I believe mm-hmm. you. You could tell me he averages 7, and I believe you. Right. And I'm not sure which Arizona needs more. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I fully expect him to be a key contributor I just don't know if it's going to be a flashy uh, key contributor guy who's lighting it up or if he's going to be, again, uh, a rich man's uh, Justin Kyer. We got now, we talked about it before. What's better, a poor man's Reggie Geary or a rich man's Justin Kyer? Yeah, I always like to be a rich man. So I'll take a rich man's Justin Kyer. Because, you know, I'd rather him just be eh, Reggie esque. How about that? Right. All right, everybody out there, really appreciate you all hopping on right here. Um, well, I'm going to be back with you tomorrow. We've got a, a, a post-presser uh, uh, a podcast. Brad, before we sign off, though, where can they find you? Where can they get all your work? 
yeah, right now, the best thing is follow me on Twitter. That's where I talk most of the Wildcats. Hopefully, we'll be doing some podcasts soon. It's just been absolutely uh, insane around the Alice household. The Twins just had their birthday on Saturday. Uh, still trying to get some holiday stuff in order, work stuff in order. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but when I do post those podcasts, again, I hope to record one into the week. Uh, find it on Twitter or just go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform as long as it happens to be Anchor, Spotify, right. Apple, or Google. And you can almost you can generally find Brad on the post game shows here with us. And you can almost well, you can always find him here on Tuesdays. So again, that's your Brad Alice fix. Brad. And and the good news is uh, although tonight's the, the last baseball game of the year. So I will have most of those Saturday evening uh, uh post game shows available at least until baseball starts again right around the time of the Pac-12 tournament. Brad Alice, the ladies and gentlemen, um, big, uh, big privilege having him on on a consistent basis. Can't thank you all again for chiming in here. We will be back with you tomorrow for the six foot eight Jacob Franklin in the background right there. We appreciate you, Brad, Brad Alice. I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.